They are shoomps, shoomps, shoomps. They do what they want. And just like that, we are back on the Ready, Set, Game podcast. That's a little bit of a teaser for you folks because we have got a special episode here today. You can hear him in the background just a little bit. This is our good friend Luke Barlow on the podcast. Jeremy Barlow just got us here on the podcast. I'm looking live at Phil Addison and Luke Barlow in Dallas, Texas. I'm here in Waco. Guys, how are we doing? Jake, we are doing great. We're back for Ready, Set, Game, episode 18 here with Luke Spurley, Kano Barlow here. Jeremy is already fired up in the live cast, already sending in comments and requests for his son to do the whole song and dance. Barlow, we're glad to have you here. Hey, I am super glad to be here. I can't wait. Dad, I love you. Thanks for listening. This is going to be awesome. We have got a great program lined up today. Listeners, honestly, not sure where this one is going to go today. We have uh, a little bit of an outline here lined up for today, but there's a lot of room, as always, on the Ready, Set, Game for creative flexibility. That's what we're about. We want to be able to engage in that here today. Uh, and so we're going to get started. Phil, it's been two months since we've been on the podcast. The The, the listeners have been outraged. I mean, they really have. Stephen <laughs> Craig has blown into the inbox multiple times asking where we have been. And Jake Bardell, a guy that we mentioned a lot in the first couple episodes of the podcast, has reached out asking, where in the world are you guys? So that's what we're going to try and download today and unpack. Phil, give us a little bit of an update on Atlanta. How are things there? You've got a big job transition as well. Jake, that's right. You know, we have heard word from Bardell. He is uh, out and about with his wife in Kansas City. They are on the move, as they always are, those Bardells. Um, we're hoping to get him on the pod here soon to try to get more of an update on where he's at. But Jake, there's a lot happening here in Dallas live today. Lucas Ed Hockley Magoon's Bachelor Weekend coming up here, uh, going up to Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Good thing he is not listening to the live cast right now because he doesn't know that yet. So it's a great thing that we are, we know he is not watching the live cast right now, <laughs> but we uh, we're fired up um, about this weekend. Things in Atlanta are heating up. We just moved, started the new job. Jake, I'm a blue collar guy, a blue collar job in HVAC, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. I'm driving the truck, learning how to drive a forklift, and I'm learning about every type of vent and AC unit you could put inside your home. Phil, I love that. You know, it, it's so cool that you are really taking on that role, really embracing it. And, and really, you know, you say blue collar, but I think blue chip. And that's what you are. You're a blue chip recruit, a blue chip guy. Perfect for that job. And, and I mean, just for our listeners, I, I hope they know if there's any HVAC issues that you have, any heating, ventilation, air conditioning issues that you have, please slide over to Phil's DMs. He wants to help you out. He is in that world and is available to help Phil here in Waco, things are going well. We've had some, uh, we had some hot stretches last week and then it's back to cold today. Um, wanted to share briefly on the Baylor basketball team. We are on a two game slide after a five game winning streak. Things right now are uncertainty. That is the question mark. That was the question at the table um, here in the office today is what did the next couple weeks look like for the Baylor basketball team? It all comes down to defense. Three minutes left in the Kansas State game the other night. Points in the paint, Kansas State 40, Baylor 12. It comes down to allowing the other guards to get deep into the lane. They get shots in the lane. They get it up off the glass. We're not rebounding well on the defensive end. Offensively, 
We look great. We have the number one Ken Palm adjusted offensive scoring team in the Big 12. We can play with anybody in the offensive end, but defensively, we got to get it together. Um, any thoughts from you? I know you, you know, you love watching from the East Coast. Any thoughts from you? Also, share with us a little bit about the Georgia Bulldog basketball expectations. Jake, absolutely. And this is something that I really want to slide over to Luke. He is uh, obviously a Baylor grad, alum himself, just like you. Barlow keeps the stats on almost every single game, the uh, every single night the Baylor Bears play. Barlow, what's your outlook on the Bears for the season? Yeah, well, you know, the stats speak for themselves. And so I don't want to speak on behalf of them. But if you just take a look that you know that things are really coming around. I could have said it. I could not have said it better myself. I'm going to take this just as our first opportunity to take a tangent here off of the um, outline for today. You know, Luke, I love that you chimed in there. You're a big numbers guy, always have been. And I was meeting with Darren Asmussen, faithful listener of the Ready, Set, Game podcast the other day. And he was talking about his bucket list for senior year. He's graduating in a few weeks, a uh, few months. And he said, yeah, we really want to do the 24-hour walk as part of our friend group. And, you know, Luke, you were actually the originator of the very first 24-hour walk here at the Baylor campus. Talk about stats. What was what was the origin behind that story? Anything you learned from that? Yeah, so um, I was actually on the support team for the 24-hour walk-a-thon team. And so I was behind the scenes uh, in the midst of prep uh, and ideating the 24-hour walk. It really started as a dream, um, moved to a dare, moved to a, a challenge to see if my friends were capable of it. And so I got to watch that from the very beginning and not only that, I got to be a supporter along with Phil, who uh, joined in for a, a section of the walk along with me and then got to be there uh, for the aftermath as well. Watch the recovery of the guys. And I won't lie, the recovery was a little more brutal than we anticipated. Uh, guys were down for multiple days afterward. But I think if you would ask any of them if they would do it again, they, they would probably say no, but they would absolutely never have gone back and not done it. It was absolutely worth it in every way. I like that. That's level three fun right there from the guys in Waco. Phil, a special part of that in the COVID year. Uh, and Phil, you exercised your COVID year actually the following year, which is which is really cool as well with that remaining eligibility. Um, Phil, give us a, some more updates on, <laughs> on what's going on there in Atlanta. <laughs> Jake. You know, yeah, that that uh, extra year really pushed me forward in my career and where I'm at as a man. Um, really been blessed by, you know, uh, what God's given me. But Jake, you know, here in Atlanta, more so in Athens, uh, the expectations, like to answer your question earlier, was Georgia basketball team, you know, where I believe 16 and 13, uh, hopeful to make the NIT tournament, maybe get a push in the SEC tournament, maybe get a couple wins there against the likes of maybe an Ole Miss or a Vanderbilt. But you never know, Jake, once March hits, it uh, becomes quite mad, as we know. And I've heard they are very mad this year. It is, it is going to be an extremely mad month. It, it really is. It's going to be a very mad month. Phil, I saw some photos. One, I mean, you looked great in that photo, Phil. It was one where your wife posted the photo, kind of a casual look from you, kind of looking out over the ocean. Y'all had an anniversary trip, happy one year to Surf City. Talk to us about that trip. Yeah, Jake, went to Surf <laughs> City, uh, got some uh, great eats in, got some good walks on the beach in got the wetsuit on and hit the waves, surfed for the first time, 
relatively unsuccessful, um, but I was out there for uh, a good bit of the day, tried to catch some waves, got on the boogie board uh, and made my way uh, down the, the coast there in Surf City. Uh, a beautiful site. Um, and I know that you have actually taken a lot of time surfing, teaching uh, those classes, giving those lessons down in the slough in Branson. I know you and Barla spent a lot of time down the lily pads as well, going all the way down from the zip line straight into the lily pads uh, on those hot summer days. Yeah. You know, Luke and I, we really did. I mean, we lived in those lily pads. Man, we really did. I tell you what, those, those were the days living on the lily pads, you know, living on a prayer down there, but it was a good time. Jake speaking uh, of months and days, it uh, is that time of the podcast where we are going to shout out some of the national day. There's a lot of great days today, Jake, on February 24th, national tartar sauce day. Jake, I'm not a current user, nor have I ever really been of tartar sauce. Where are you at with that sauce? You know, Phil, really on that pendulum of tartar sauce, you know, there's really kind of an all gas uh, or all breaks. And I'm, I'm really in the all breaks category for tartar sauce. Um, never, never really been a fan of tartar sauce. I just don't like the taste. I think the aftertaste is pretty tough. And so um, after my, my parents really encouraged me to eat salmon as a child and, and really lathered on that tartar sauce over the salmon patties it just it it has been kind of all downhill from there for me in the seafood category and the tartar sauce category so i'd be curious to see where luke barlow fits in uh to this he has some interesting food preferences yeah you know i have been told i have interesting food preferences and i'm sure we'll get into that later but when it comes to tartar sauce i couldn't agree more with you guys you know the reality is there are lots of sauces in this world and i have some favorites but tartar sauce really could not be farther from the top of the list. It is close to the bottom for me. Uh, there is really no world in which I would prefer tartar sauce versus not. Luke, I, that's that's really good. That is really good. You know, we're going to do something here on the podcast. I'm going to give each of you guys five seconds, and you're going to think of your favorite condiment. And on the count of three, we're all going to say them out loud at the same time. Uh, and then we're just going to see if, if somehow we end up with the same condiment any of us, and maybe we can bond um, over that a little bit. So give you three more seconds here, and then I'll count us down, and we'll give our favorite condiment. Three, two, one. Chipotle mayo. Sauce. Wow. Wow. All right. So, Phil, talk to us about yours briefly. Why'd you go with that? I've always been a ketchup guy, Jake, through and through. Uh, as one of my best friends at my rehearsal dinner, Braden said at the very end of his toast, Philly loves his ketchup. And that's what they always said to me in college. I put it on just about everything. Jake, ketchup's a, a non-negotiable for me, just about every single food. Okay, I like that. Barlow, what about you? Yeah, I went with Chipotle mayo, which I feel like was maybe a, um, a sleeper pick. But the reality is I am a man of tang, and Chipotle mayo has the tang. And not only does it have the tang, but I think it delivers nicely on lots of different things. You can put it on fries, burgers, cold sandwiches, hot sandwiches, really anywhere you go, I think it adds to it. And so I'm a big Chipotle mayo guy. I like that. I really like that mayo base. You know, was tempted to say garlic aioli as well. That's a big one for me. I do like chipotle mayo. I love chipotle ranch. Um, I recently had the number six at Whataburger. Uh, I know that's in your Mount Rushmore, Luke, and um, had the number six at Whataburger. And on that was the jalapeno ranch. Very good. I went with barbecue sauce. I think it's just a staple uh, and so love it. A lot of different varieties there. Phil, we've got another day. It's national uh, tortilla chip day. Um, that's a big one, especially for us here 
in Texas. We love our Tex-Mex. Phil, do you have a preference of chip and dip? Jake, if I'm going to the restaurant, obviously, you know, I'm searching for the best queso. Uh, and there's a local uh, hole in the wall place here in Atlanta, Nueva Laredo, that my wife and I go to quite often. Great uh, chips and dip. But if I'm going to the store, it's got to be the Tostitos Scoops matched with the Tostitos Mild Salsa, Jake. Great pick. Great pick. Luke, you seem to be echoing that. Also a Tostito Scoops guy. I am a huge Tostito Scoops guy, Jake. Give me the scoop. That's right. We love the scoop. Speaking of scoop, you know, I'm going to throw this in. I'm a big guacamole guy. I love the guacamole. I think it's a great chip. Um, I do like the Tostito Scoop. I think it's a great chip just because of how much it can hold there on the chip. So Tostitos has been doing it well since day one. I'll also stick with Tostitos. No need to get, uh, build any attention here on the podcast. Um, Phil national trading card day. This is something that, you know, I haven't had trading cards since I was a youth. Um, talk to us about your trading card collections. Uh, Jake, you know, there's so many different trading cards. And I know that Barlow has so many different of his favorite <laughs> sports athletes uh, and Pokemon cards over the years that I know he's going to share with us here in a moment. Uh, I had an Adrian Peterson rookie card on the Minnesota Vikings that I got uh, in a special pack. But then I also had a Jake Locker jersey card from the Tennessee Titans that I held tried and true to my heart. But uh, even though I held that tried and true, Jake Locker did not hold the ball tried and true throughout his career. Very short time in the NFL. Very short stint in the NFL. A, a coworker of mine this morning, and I actually was a, a graduate assistant. Um, we, we also recently made a trip to VTEX today. So that was a, a huge win for us. But, but this morning we were talking about the, we looked up on 247 Sports, the highest rated recruits of all time. And there were some guys on there that just haven't panned out. You know, there was Vince Young was on there. He was number five, but didn't have an illustrious NFL career. Um, but Adrian Peterson was up on that list. He was pretty high. He's a number one overall rated recruit Oklahoma has ever had in the history of that illustrious program. Shout out Jonathan Klein. And so, um, you know, talking about uh, trading cards, Luke, you know, for you, what, what would you say the, the biggest card that you've had? Yes. Yeah, so um, my favorite sport growing up was without a doubt, no competition, uh, Pokemon. And so uh, <laughs> my favorite training card that I ever owned was uh, was the shiny Charizard. Uh, I loved that like um, like my own son. And I took care of him for uh, the years that I was a fan of Pokemon. Yeah. Re recently, we heard that 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 name was trying to make its way into the Barlow uh, future child name list. But your wife really quickly dismissed that. That's just a joke here for the listeners. But um, continuing on, you know, I think my favorite card was probably Cal Ripken Jr. Iron Man card. The, the, probably the record that I think will never be broken in sports. Besides Darren Asmussen's dad having 10,000 wins as a horse trainer, um, recently accomplished uh, just a few weeks ago up in Northwest Arkansas, um, but, uh, you know, I think Cal Ripken, great player, the Iron Man. So I'm going to go with Cal. Jake, I love that. And with that, going into our next segment, we have another starting five, uh, here on the Ready, Set, Game pod, trying to provide one every episode for you guys. Jake, what's our starting five this week? Phil. It's about that time. We've got our 
starting five this week, and we're going with the starting five of pastors and Christian influencers. That's really not the right word. Leaders of the faith is the right word. Famous pastors and leaders of the faith. This dates into our time, uh, present, but also past. So everything is fair game at this point. Um, we're going to each take five pastors or leaders of the faith and diagnose those a little bit because he's the guest on the show. We're giving him the number one overall pick. Um, and then what we will do from there is we'll just run back through it. So Luke will have the number one overall pick and then Phil and then myself. I feel really good about my number uh, three overall pick, my number one overall. And then we'll go back to Luke for the number four pick. I love that. Well, man, there are so many leaders to choose from. I mean, just thinking about my own life and how I've been influenced uh, by the men and women that the Lord has placed uh, on this earth. Um, for me personally, I think for my number one overall pick, I've got to go with uh, someone who uh, not only has had a great influence on the world, but on me, myself, specifically on my marriage with one of his uh, top selling books. I'm going to go with uh, Pastor Timothy Keller, wow. pastor of Redeemer Church uh, in New York City. Um, his book, Meaning of Marriage, has meant a lot to me in my own marriage. Um, my wife uh, listens to um, a lot of his sermons and specifically his work with apologetics. And I think he's had a massive influence. And so Timothy Keller is my number one overall pick. Barlow, that's a great pick there. Number one overall, Tim Keller, awesome pick. Phil looks like he may be scratching that off of his list. Looks like Giannis Anatokounmpo at the NBA draft with a pen and paper. Um, Phil, who are you taking with your number one pick? Jake, my number one here, I got to go with a guy that I listen to almost every single day on my drive to work, Desiring God articles. Give me John Piper with my number one. Phil, that's a great pick. How long have you been in the John Piper Desiring God, uh, you know, morning commute grind? Uh, Jake, really since uh, I started um, the job here a few weeks ago, but I have been on the email chain receiving uh, the newsletter updates and the podcast ever since Adam Rose put me on summer 2018. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I I really thought that Luke was uh, about to take mine off the board as he said something that relates to his marriage. And then as soon as Phil said, um, I listened to him every morning on the way to work, I knew he didn't have my guy. So I'm going all the way back to the first century. I'm taking the Apostle Paul as my number one overall pick, leader of the faith, the greatest missionary of all time, the greatest conversion story of all time. Give me the Apostle Paul. Jake, that's a great pick. Barlow, we're up next to your second pick here. Who do you got? Thanks, Phil. Um, so for my second pick overall, I think this is a little bit more of uh, maybe an underdog or a sleeper pick, but I'm actually going to go with my second Tim of the draft. Um, this is Mr. Tim Mackey of The Bible Project. Um, wow. I am a big Bible Project guy. I've been listening pretty faithfully for probably the last six months. I would say that I have learned more about the Bible and uh, the context surrounding the Bible from Mr. Tim Mackey, as well as his partner, John Collins. And so grateful for the Bible Project, a number two pick for me, Tim Mackey. That's a great pick, Barlow. And I love what he's doing here, listeners. He's building a team. You know, they, we, we could take five celebrity pastors off the board. You could take five, you know, first century guys off the board. 
you know, you could take the passion team, whatever you want to do here, but, but he's building a great team, complementing that big time playmaking ability from Tim Keller with the assists, with the ball control of Tim Mackey. I really like that. Phil, who are you going with at number two? Jake, my number two, uh, I'm going to go with a guy that uh, has more of a written word than a spoken word. Uh, this is actually a guy that helped uh, my wife uh, come to know uh, Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Give me C.S. Lewis. Mm. Great pick there with C.S. Lewis. That's it. That is a phenomenal pick. Um right there with your number two on the board. My number three pick, this is a really tough pick for me because there are some heroes that are up here as well. I'm also building a team and I'm going to build a firm foundation here with my guy, 19th century, J.C. Ryle. He is a guy that has been very impactful for me. I'm currently reading his book, Holiness. I've read his book, Old Paths. I've read his book on prayer. I've read his book, Thoughts for Young Men. He is a pillar of the faith. Um, so I'm taking J.C. Ryle. Um, as my number two. I love that, Jake. That's a great pick. And I, and I, my, uh, my number three pick, honestly, is kind of similar to JC Ryle, kind of going off a man of <clears throat> the previous generation uh, who has a great written word, has written many works for me personally in my life. Uh, my number three pick is going to be A.W. Tozer. Um, specifically, mm. big fan of his work, Knowledge of the Holy, big fan of God's pursuit of man, big fan of the pursuit of God. Um, A.W. Tozer has a way with his words that stirs my heart for God uh, in his character. And so A.W. Tozer is my number three. Barlow, that's a great pick. I love the Tozer pick there. I'm going to uh, I have a lot of options here for my number three. But I think I'm going to stick with my guy, David Platt. Mm. I'm going to go David Platt. I recently told Barlow that uh, when my wife and I moved, I found three copies of the book Radical uh, in our bookshelf. And I told Barlow the last time I read it was probably the eighth or ninth grade. <laughs> so I was not able to fully, I think, grasp the concept of a radical faith. Excited to jump back in with Pastor Platt there uh, and get more of that radical faith in, Jake. Well, that's a great pick. David Platt was definitely uh, potentially in my top five. That man is unashamed, and I love what he does and what he stands for. This number three pick for me, I'm looking at the board, and it is still chock full of great folks right here. I've gone early, early, early in the Christian faith, about as early as you can go. I've gone uh, 19th century. I'm going to go a little bit more recent here um, with us, and I'm going to go with my guy, Tony Evans. I'm going with Tony Evans. This man is an evangelical, uh, just warrior for the kingdom. He is a great evangelist, loves preaching the word of God, is passionate about the word of God, doesn't shy away. I'm going with Dr. Tony. Wow, that's a great pick, Jake. I love that. So for my number four pick, uh, I'm going to go back in time just a little bit, not too far back. I believe 16th or maybe 18th century is where we're at. I'm going to go with the man who is a part of the Great Awakening in the U.S. Uh, I'm going to go with Mr. Jonathan Edwards. Uh, that's my number four pick. As a matter of fact, Jonathan Edwards, great grandson, Dwight Edwards actually has been doing ministry here in Dallas, um, as of recent. And so not only has his legacy or not only has, uh, his ministry impacted this entire country specifically, but his legacy has impacted the city of Dallas where I now reside. So my number four pick is Jonathan Edwards. Well, I love that pick there. Uh, I am I would, my father would be remiss, as would I, if I didn't go with my guy, Billy Graham. Billy Graham, uh, God used him to reach millions and millions of people as he preached the word faithfully across the world uh, in his lifetime. Uh, and so this one is not just uh, for me, but for my father, Joel Addison. Give me Billy Graham at four. 
Bill, that's a great pick. I don't know how we let BG slide all the way down to number four, the greatest evangelist probably of the 20th uh, century, unbelievable, has led millions to Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. That is a phenomenal pick there. I am going to take, man, my number four pick. This is so tough. There's too many people left on the board. I'm going with Jen Wilkin. Give me Jen Wilkin off the board. She is a passionate uh, teacher of the faith, uh, specifically when it comes to uh, discipling and teaching the word. Um, she is, she is very gifted has created many Bible studies. Um, I'm taking Jen Wilkin as my number four. That's a great pick, Jake. I love that. Moving on to me to round out my starting five, you know, I've, um, I've spoken of a lot of people who are well-known, I think in lots of ways and have done lots of work, uh, globally for the gospel. But for my number five pick, I'm going to go local. Uh, I'm going to go with my guy, uh, Mr. Blake Holmes. Uh, lead pastor of Watermark Community Church. Not only is he leading me faithfully as my leader, but he's signing my paychecks as my boss. So I think I got to shout out my uh, uh, my lead pastor, my boss, Mr. Blake Holmes, at my number five. It's a well, great pick. Faithful and true here. Uh, just loyal to the church here in Dallas. Uh, love that fifth pick and final pick from you. For me, I'm going to round out my team with Piper as a guard. Lewis as another guard. You got Platt at forward and BG could be that forward slash center type. Give me Francis Chan mm. uh, to lock down the list. <laughs> Francis Chan is a guy that I know, Jake, you've loved for a long time. We all have. Yeah, he, he has that voice that just every time he speaks, he just locks you into what he's saying. He preaches the word so well. Love every time I get to listen to him. Phil, that is a great, great pick right there with Francis Chan. Um, he was definitely here in this last round for me, someone that I was looking to add uh, in as a swing man for me. I'm going to go with a guy that's been very influential for me in understanding the word of God, has written uh, an exposition on just about every book of the Bible. I'm going with Chuck Swindoll. Give me Chuck Swindoll. He is a patron of the faith, and I will take Mr. Swindoll. Um Phil and Luke, I would love to hear who are y'all's six men or women in when it comes to leaders of the faith. Uh, Jake, for me, uh, off the bench, uh, I have a few guys starting uh, with Martin Luther. Um, you know, I mean, he's one of those guys that was a staple uh, towards the beginning uh, of, of really the Christian faith. Uh, another one I have on here is John Tyson, a pastor in New York uh, that I really enjoy. He's from Australia. Bob Goff on my list. Also has some honorable mentions, uh, Bible man, Tim Hawkins and Trey Kennedy. That is great. Tim Hawkins is fantastic. Um, Trey Kennedy, of course, getting up on this list as well. Luke, what about your bench? That's great. I'll be honest, Jake. My, uh, my depth chart was not as deep as Phil's was. I really got um, some of those major picks and then I didn't have much left. But specifically for me, what was left on my bench were some people close to home for me. Um, I had uh, Mr. Joe White on there. Um, I also had Mr. Keith Chancy on there, leader of the Canica Institute. Um, and then I also had, a my, my, uh, more, um, uh, I had my boss, Jermaine Harrison on there. who has been serving faithfully at Watermark for the last 10 years, um, on the students team. Uh, and so those were, those were some of my next picks. I love that. You know, Jermaine, I believe just had a, a video that went viral. Thanks to Reed Towns as well. Not sure if the actual, uh, validity of that viralness, but I did see a video with Jermaine, I believe recently that went up in my bench. I've got a pretty deep bench here. Um, it starts with Charles Spurgeon. I'm not sure how he didn't make my top five here, but Charles Spurgeon, 
uh, is definitely on my list. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. is on my list as well. Before he was a great civil rights activist, he was a pastor and a preacher, which he was till the day he passed. Um, I'm also going to go uh, here with David Livingstone. David Livingstone was a uh, famous doctor, uh, took up the calling to go to Africa um, and uh, really lost a lot, uh, gave up his life for the sake of the gospel. So I love my bench. I'm going to go with an eight man rotation here. Um, and that's going to round out our pastors and leaders of the faith. This was a great top five. Jake, absolutely. And something that I really wanted to throw in there, uh, this is something that I think influenced my childhood. Uh, I also wanted to throw in VeggieTales. Bob and Larry <laughs> and the whole crew, Dr. Archibald, they really helped shape my faith as a young boy as a lad growing up, uh, Veggie Tales, we're going to have to maybe go through uh, in a further episode and give some of our favorite uh, Bible stories or Bible shows of our youth. No doubt about that. We, we certainly will. You know, moving into this next segment here, we don't have a ton of time left, but this is one that we are very excited about. We're going to ask Luke just some very personal questions here. Luke, you know, from our time back at in our Canacuck time, you know, we were all involved in a lot of skits, you know, Phil and I have the very famous Baker and Murtaugh skit, you and Phil have tag teamed many a skit involving spandex and um, um, Hawaiian skirts, etc. Luke, tell us who is your favorite and your least favorite skit character that you have ever been? Man, that's a great question, Jake. I'm going to go ahead and start with my least favorite skit character. And I think you guys both know where I'm headed with this. Uh, but my least, <laughs> my least favorite skit character uh, was a character named Kano, uh, the gospel skit character. Um, you know, the, the thing about skit characters is that uh, a lot of what brings them to life um, is not necessarily uh, their end goal as a skit character, but really all the things that you bring along with it and, and all the fun little things that you add to it to really give a character uh, its personality. And Kano just had none of that. <laughs> he just had no personality. He was as straight edge as you get, the most boring character you could ever watch. Uh, I think he accomplished his role um, for the purpose of the gospel skit, but he did nothing more than that. So I'm going to go with Kano as my least favorite. That's a great selection. I, I think that Phil and I may have chosen that as our favorite skit character for you, <laughs> simply because it was your least favorite skit character. However, I will say, you know, we're learning about right now in, in church, we're in Ephesians chapter six, talking about the full armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness. And all I can think about was that breastplate that you had made out of uh, bamboo. That That's you right. I, I had uh, scratches all over my arms of where it would scratch me as they would move by my side. I'll never forget. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Luke, what is your favorite skit character you've ever played? You know, that's a great question. And the truth is it is hard to remember all of the, the skit characters that I played, but really one that comes to mind, uh, it really is one of my favorites. It may have been one of my worst, but it was still my favorite. And this is one that I tag team with Phil uh, was big boy and little boy, which uh, was at my last summer uh, on staff at camp, and I believe Phil was only visiting, um, where Phil was a coach-type uh, skit character named Big Boy who had a large stomach. Um, but it just so happened that his large stomach was actually played by me as Little Boy, uh, who had a shrill, high voice, 
um, who had talked to Big Boy. Um, and it was a really strange and interesting relationship between the characters. And not sure how well it landed with the kids, but I will say we had a great time doing it. And so uh, would I go back and do it again? Absolutely. That is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. I kind of forget about that skit. That was the year that that Phil really wasn't supposed to be visiting. And um, he he twisted my arm into coming more or less showed up and said, I'm here, hung out in the leadership office for over his extended time frame that he was allotted up in the leadership office. Um, did not give the spacing of six feet that was asked. But you know what? We're here today and we're all still doing well. So uh, that was a really good skit character. Phil, would you have any feedback for these specific characters or any other characters of Luke? I, I definitely uh, agree. There's some there's some great characters of Luke's. One of my favorite skit characters of Barlow, uh, the names escaping me, you'll have to tell me, but when you were the evil villain for the gospel skit. Um, <laughs> Warhead? Warhead. Spawn <laughs> of the underworld. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. I think I'll keep them. Yes. That's one of my favorites uh, of Barlow's for sure. Um, I don't know if I have any least favorites. I personally can say, I think for everyone, a least favorite of mine, summer 2019, last day of camp, I played Shrek. And it was truly <laughs> one of the worst performances of my career. I could not nail the voice down. All I could do is an Australian accent. And it was awful. I would like to add on to that. I think my second least favorite character I ever played was playing donkey in that same exact skit. <laughs> Speaking of donkey, I was going to shout out Luke and his really his, you know, his sophomore campaign with Canacuck, he came out as the donk tar and, and folks, that was a man that was, he was half donkey, half human. And he had a little tail that he wore back behind um, that, that kind of flopped along. And that was a great character uh, for Luke. He's saying fly me to the moon by Frank Sinatra. Uh, and that was just, that was so good. It was, it was, it was wonderful. Um, a lot of skate characters that we've played back in the day, you know, uh, <laughs> we could probably talk about these quite a bit. Um, but, but this has been a great episode. This has been so fun. So fun to have Luke on here. Um, any words for, uh, for Jeremy? We know that he's going to be listening on the podcast. Uh, he's faithful as good as they come. He sure is Jake. And, you know, we're excited to get, uh, piece by piece the whole barlow family on the podcast at one point we're gonna get uh we've already had barlow on we've already had luke on we're gonna get jeremy add on next then Lori, and then avery and then the two wiener dogs that barlow loves so much we're gonna get the whole crew in on one episode gonna be a, a barlow family episode fun for the whole family jake yeah. And, you know, if things continue to trend as they are, there's good uh, traction at this point for us to actually be hosting live from Coleman, Alabama at some point in the future on the green channel. So you'll make sure you want to tune in there on the green channel. Hopefully we'll be live. Um, you know, this has been awesome. Really no more, no more thoughts for me on this end. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. We really make a commitment, no promises, but we do really hope for it not to be another two month delay in our episodes stay tuned follow us on instagram that's all we've got follow us on spotify uh we are so excited that you've chosen to listen this is jake along with my good friends phil and luke ready set game we'll see you next time